Is fighting good for your marriage? Well, the research says it depends. We really want you to get this right, so listen through for the real goods on marital conflict. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode number 32, and we're going to be talking about fighting in marriage. Now, the cool thing here is that this is the first in a series that we planned over four episodes about fighting, also known as marital conflict. Fighting sounds better. Having a marital. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyways, let's not fight about that. <laughs> now, it may expand or contract as we go, but I'm pretty sure it'll map out to four episodes. So if you have any feedback as we go through or you want to hear more about something, do let us know. We'll be flexible. Today, we're going to talk about why fighting is good for your marriage. We think a little bit of heat is good, but with some caveats. Yeah, I was so excited to hear that the research kind of agreed that a little bit of fighting is good because I just look at those marriages where they never argue and never fight and they just look so boring, you know, and they don't get closer and yeah, yeah. maybe it's just because I like to fight or not fight, but argue. No, I just like to be right. Yes, dear. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay. And then the second episode, we're going to talk about fighting styles, Rolinda. We have different ways of fighting, like different couples do, and different individuals in the couple might as well. Yeah. So there's okay. fighting styles. And often too, like you're, the way you fight is informed by what you saw when you grew up Yes. in your home. Yeah. Some of those styles work and some don't. What's your style? That's my question. So two of the five styles that Dr. John Gottman identifies usually end up divorced. Oh, that's no good. So you want to catch that episode. Third episode, ground rules for a good fight. So if you're going to put the gloves on, you got to keep it safe. And the goal of any fight, marriage fight, should be deeper intimacy. That's what separates marriage fighting from boxing. Yeah, okay. Because you're fighting for what matters, right? So we got to talk about good behaviors versus bad behaviors when you're in the ring. All good? Yeah. Number four episode will be how to repair after a fight. Actually, Mm -hmm. now that I've done the research on that, I'm going to say how to repair during a fight. And we'll talk more about that. That makes all the difference. If you don't listen to any of our other sessions, our listeners should listen. And you, Verlinda, must listen to session number four. Yeah. All right. It's the clincher. If you don't do what we tell you to do there, your marriage will probably fail. So we get into some serious goods. Yeah. And we get all the research behind us on that one. Can I just go straight to session four? Nope. You may not flip to the last chapter of the book. Okay. Today, why fighting is good for your marriage. And uh, not to get ahead of ourselves here, because it's hard to talk about this without talking about fighting styles or ground rules, but kind of have to nuance this right from the start, that well-handled conflict in a romantic relationship, in a marriage, Mm -hmm. will deepen the intimacy. That's my belief, okay? Yeah. Is that all good? But poorly handled conflict does or can have negative implications for the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when people think about fighting, they're thinking about that poorly handled conflict. Yeah. Can be. Absolutely. And so that's I, why they think it's bad. Right. So we need to rule out the bad stuff right now. Conflicts that are hostile, that are angry, that use what they call conflict tactics, such as physical or verbal aggression, threat, personal insult. That's destructive. Yelling, yeah. insults, criticism, belligerence, contempt. That's all bad mojo. Yeah. Don't want that there. Yeah. Those are not good for your marriage. But When done right, and we'll get into how to do it right in the future episodes, we want to talk about how conflict can be good for your marriage. I've got five reasons. And I'm excited to hear these. Are you? Oh, yeah. 
because I am all for a little bit of conflict. Really? We should have a fight after we get off this show. No. What do you want to fight about? Nothing. Okay. I want to have a fight. You've made it sound- You're just trying to egg me into having a fight now. (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like so much fun. Well, no, but I just think like, I want to hear your opinions. Um, I just want you to hear mine too. (laughs) Yes. You have opinions. I have research. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's inciting words, huh? Yeah, but my opinions always match the research. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So why or how can conflict be good for a marriage? Well, number one, it helps you learn about each other. Yeah. Yep. You're very enthused about this episode, aren't you? Yeah. That's good. Do you have any ideas why or how? Well, I think it's as I said before, like you look at those marriages where they never fight. Mm -hmm. And I just think like you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Because? Well, I think as you just said, they're not learning about each other. Yeah. They're just going to go with the status quo. They're going to keep the peace no matter what it costs. They're giving up some of themselves. They're avoiding. They're avoiding because they're not willing to... Splitting. Put it up out there. Yep. Absolutely. So there's two ways you can go on this. One is uh, down Dr. Gottman's road where he talks about, you know, dreams within conflict that at the center of everything that you're fighting about, you might sort of have the, the um, how do we call it, really like the window dressing of the conflict, like the kind of immediate content of what you're fighting about. But he says way down deep in there, there's a dream within that. There's some deep, mm-hmm. close to the soul, I want to, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Satir... She's the lady with the iceberg. If you just Google Satir, S-A-T-I-R, Satir is iceberg online, you can Mm -hmm. see that as well. And she put down at the bottom, near the bottom of hers is yearnings and the sense of self. And so you kind of see what's at the top of the iceberg, just the part sticking out of the water, which is the behavior of the fighting. But she says way down below, there's something again, same thing as Godman. There's something deep, there's a yearning, there's something really, really important in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if uh, we can get past that superficial layer and get down to what the deeper meaning is in our spouse. If we're willing to go there. Yeah. To slow things down. That's going to deepen intimacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So number one, it helps you learn about each other. Hey, what? side note here again. Okay. I just realized why I'm excited about this. Why? Because it just infuses a little bit of passion. Yeah. It shows that you're passionate about something. You're excited about it. You're, And you can tell that to your spouse. Right. And let them see that side of you. Right. Anyways. I guess that's part of the dreams and yearnings that are at the bottom. Like, don't let go of those mm-hmm. just to keep the peace and the status quo. Yes, absolutely. I think as well, and this is from another couple of researchers, uh, Siegert and Stamp, I think, are their names. It builds cohesion. So that's mm-hmm. your togetherness. Yep. And commitment. How does it build commitment? Because you, after a while, when you fight through so much stuff together, yeah. and you fight for that relationship... Because you're fighting for the same thing. You're fighting for your marriage. Yes. Oh. So, and that's another way to look at fighting is that you're not fighting at each other, but you're both fighting for the love that you have to maintain it and preserve it. Yeah. Now, some people will avoid for the same reason. And I'm empathic towards that, but I'm suggesting that's not your best way forward. Right. Yeah. Okay. To actually deal with it. Like number three. Because what that, what that can end up doing is leaving you isolated and detached from each other. Mm -hmm. If you avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm -hmm. So go the scary way. And work towards building cohesion and commitment. Number three is kind of related to that for Linda. As you said, dealing with stuff is better than ignoring stuff. Yeah. You know, we collect baggage as we go through life. If we ignore stuff. Yeah. It's still there. And it's like it becomes the elephant in the room of the relationship. Or maybe there's a herd of elephants. Some of our folks are feeling like. And that's a yeah. 
where do you kind of start and go back with all this? That's a big question. But that's why if you're at the start of your marriage, it's very important that we deal with stuff and we keep addressing and we keep kind of short a short tally with each other of stuff that we're concerned about or upset about or whatever and yeah. sort, of, sort of conflict. Yeah, that's okay. good. Number four, it's a catalyst for personal growth. And I say that, Verlinda, because conflict forces you to confront your own humanity. Okay, explain. Well, when you're in a marriage, mm-hmm. maybe I should say a marriage forces you to confront your own humanity. Yeah. And usually that comes through conflict. <laughs> okay. Right? Because, you know, uh, you kind of, there's a, the, the period between when you're in your family and then you're single and then you get married, I think you can pretty much do what you want for yourself. Yeah. Like within your own moral boundaries or whatever, right? Yeah. But you're, you're really, you're not beholden to others a whole lot. Yeah. Generally speaking, right? So we yeah. can get pretty selfish. And I, that's one of the things I noticed when I came to marriage was how selfish I was in so many aspects. And now you're with another person. There's a, there's a relationship that binds you together and consideration has to be given to that. And when you fail, you're going to get conflicted on. Right. And this doesn't mean like a huge blow up. It can just mean like the other person's been hurt. Yeah. And voices that and... Maybe they're sad or maybe they're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's all good stuff because it forces you to confront the realities of your own humanity. Yeah. Helps us grow as people. Okay. Number five, similar note, but taking it a step further, it's a catalyst for spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Now, just follow my thinking on this one. Let me know if it makes sense. Okay. We have to, as Christians, we're called to enact the gospel in our lives. So in our marriage, in that context, you think about being faced with sin and brokenness. Then we have to deal with grace. We have to deal with forgiveness. We have to experience redemption. We mm-hmm. experience and offer reconciliation. We show mercy. We demonstrate altruism. Which is? Seeking the good of others. Okay. For their own benefit, not for ourselves. Mm-hmm. All those good things, those are all features of the gospel. Yeah. And so... By having to go through all of that and experience that all in marriage, it becomes a crucible for spiritual growth as well. Yeah, that's good. Because we're doing things that God likes to do. Yeah. Got it? Hmm. Makes yeah, sense? that's good. Okay, so it's a catalyst for spiritual growth. That's number five. So, Verlinda, one of the things I thought we should touch on today is um, is people kind of wonder about fighting. What do other people fight about? And there's Are always normal? <laughs> yeah. We're pretty sure we're not, but... <laughs> we all kind of wonder that. Are we normal, right? And do other people fight about what we fight about? So we talked about why people, why we fight. What do act, couples actually fight most about? So here's a mm. list for you. This is, is this uh, like research. Yep. First one, uh, again, is from Gottman, but also from another study by Mead et al. Their list was communication, finances, children, sex, housework, jealousy, and in-laws. Those are the hottest topics. Hmm, that's a good list. Most common. Yeah. Yeah. So for a board one night, we'll just crack that list out. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one off and have a fight. So here's another thing too. You fight more when you're stressed. Mm-hmm. Like we're laughing about fighting now, but it's a real thing. Yeah. Like, and for some people it's really scary. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you're stressed and you might say things that you later regret. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about uh, stress in one of our episodes and one of the great blessings of marriage is being able to bring your stress to the relationship. And often when we're in those stressful situations, we think we have to carry it by ourselves and preserve our relationship from the stress. Mm-hmm. But it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's a chance for vulnerability and intimacy and talking about your fears and anxieties with each other. Yeah. And mm. I think that would reduce our likelihood to fight instead of, you know, sometimes we just fight. We talk about getting our hangry on, for example. That's mm-hmm. a really elementary mm-hmm. thing, right? So I'm hungry and I'm angry. Yeah. 
And we can squabble or say things or just be rude with each other because we blame it on our hunger. That's kind of a separate episode why that's lame to do, but we do it. Yeah. So, but what if instead of resorting to those behaviors because of that situation, we could take the situation to each other as a source of comfort? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then fight, stress doesn't need to exacerbate fights. Right. But it does, we do tend to fight more when we're stressed. Now, women, here's another point. Women tend to want to change more and men favor the status quo. They and like, we are so the opposite. <laughs> us as a couple. Yeah. Us as a couple, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But even though we're the opposite, the same outcome is true, which is that we have conflicting goals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we all want things for our lives and marriages and we all frequently fail to vocalize or verbalize them mm-hmm. to our spouse. And we have these conflicting goals and we end up sort of fighting more about the output of that than the actual meat potatoes of what's inside it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's another thing that causes fighting. Now, fourth thing that causes fighting, often we talked about this earlier, there are superficial issues that cover deeper relational struggles about power and intimacy. That's kind of that deeper thing we addressed at the start, or there's deep personal meaning. When you the get yearnings that, and dreams. Yeah. When you get that deep stuff going on, it seems like compromise is impossible. There's no way we could possibly compromise because this means so, like, a, it's just so real for me. It's deep. Mm-hmm. So then you fight about that. Yeah. And often those things are about power and intimacy. Interesting. That's complicated. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. Okay. Number five, Gottman says that 31% of major continuing disagreements are around resolvable issues. 69% are about unresolvable perpetual problems. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of Talk to Me 101. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So interesting stuff, hey, what we fight about. Yeah. Now there are ways to make peace around those unresolvable perpetual problems. Mm-hmm. And that is by getting to and honoring those dreams. And we really unpack how to do that in our Talk to Me 101 course, which we're just in re-releasing shortly. Mm-hmm. I think that first list though is the most practical. Like what do we actually fight about? Communication, finances, children, sex, yeah. housework, jealousy, in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Got it. Yeah. So I wanted to leave our listeners with a takeaway item, an action item that they could do today. Okay. Okay. Call this turning towards your spouse. And if you think about your physical, your body physically turning towards your spouse to face, fully be present, engaged, right? So we're sitting right now across from each other. Yeah. We've turned towards each other. We need to do this emotionally in our relationships and relationally in our relationships as well. So that we turn towards each other and we're facing each other. It's not, see, it's not good enough to just sort of be good at patching up after a fight. And it's really also not enough to just be not fighting because we talked about avoiding. We'll get yep. more into the rest of that even next time. And our title today was Why Fighting is Good for Your Marriage. But I want to change the word order for Linda. Same words, different order. Why fighting for your marriage is good. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. And you get out there and you do that by turning towards each other for emotional connection. You do things that deepen your emotional intimacy. You get inside each other. You become students of each other. You court each other. You romance each other. You nurture, you nourish each other. You work at having good sex. You work at playfulness, at bringing fun and adventure into your marriage. When we do all of those things and we we build all the, the, the good, warm fuzzies into the marriage, mm-hmm. it makes fighting a much safer thing to do. Right. Again, in the future, we'll see there's lots of research behind that. Okay. So your action item for today yep. is turn towards each other emotionally. Yes. So start building the positives of connection. Okay. Can you give us like one down to earth practical what, what we could actually do today i have like to make this down to earth 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give you one. Critical habit is checking in with your spouse at the end of every workday. Okay. Like when you get home. Yeah, that's real down to earth. See how their day went. Spend five minutes within five feet of your spouse. Five, five. Five Talks for five. That. Yep. And because that helps you bring the realities of your day, your experience, and it sets the context for the evening because a lot of our reactivity or our interaction of the evening is going to be determined by how our day went. Right. So it'll give your spouse some understanding of that. If things went bad, they'll know to reach out to you. But it also gives you a chance to connect and to change that. Yeah. To offer support and encouragement and a hug or to share an excitement and joy and celebrate together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that, is that down to earth enough for Linda? That's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, in one of our first episodes, we talked about, you know, sitting on the same side of the table and fighting the problem. Right. Rather than being across from each other and fighting at each other. Right. So now we're saying, no, you don't want to be on the same side of the table. You want to be facing oh, those, each other. Yeah, those are two separate things though. Okay. First of all, just fight, find whatever works for you, right? But one is about conflict and one is about building a relationship. Oh, so, so when this I'm one saying here. turn towards each other and having this five for five, that's when we're not fighting. We're building good mojo into our relationship because that's going to store, that's like a bank account of mm. value. So then when a fight does happen, we can yep. go shoulder to shoulder and face it head on. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. I'm happy with that. Oh, phew. Thought we were going to have a marital for a second. There. <laughs> all right. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 32. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So as we say all the time, if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. So thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.